All right, everybody, welcome back to the Female Footballers Podcast. My name is Cassie Gray. I am your host, and I am thrilled today. We are joined by Jenna Lamb, the Business Development Director at the Oakland Roots and Oakland Soul, I guess, is what we'll call it instead, right? <laughs> welcome, Jenna. Thank you. Yeah, there's been some internal controversy about what organization I work for now. <laughs> I bet, I bet. Um, we are so excited to have you today. Um, we asked Jenna to come on and talk to all of our listeners about who the Oakland Soul are and, and the excitement around having a team in the Bay Area. So without further ado, I just kind of want to open it up for some questions. My first one being, um, you know, about a year or two ago, um, when Angel City launched, I was personally threw out something on LinkedIn, like, when are we getting a Bay Area team? And a bunch of people responded with like, oh, there's actually talks about this. You need to connect with Stephen Aldrich. And I was like, really? And so he actually hosted a meeting. My husband and I sat in on with a bunch of, I don't know, maybe 10 other people interested in knowing more. And that was the start of the talks of what is now the Oakland Soul. And I think around a year ago is when your position opened up. Is that right? Yes, exactly. Awesome. So you've been the business development director. Is that your title? Yes. Awesome. And technically you were hired as the roots, but now you are for the women's side. Yeah, exactly. So kind of exactly what you said. Um, anyone who has played soccer in the Bay, coached soccer in the Bay, watched women's soccer in the Bay, knows that there's an incredible amount of talent here. So that question of like, when will the Bay Area get a, te to get a team, I think has been a really popular one um, for quite some time, which is amazing to know that there's so much interest. Um, and yeah, I think you were involved in the process before even I was. Um, the Oakland Roots were started in 2018, and the, the idea of having a purpose-driven sports organization was really gender agnostic. Um, but the opportunity for men's soccer was was what was there, um, what was what was available to them at that time. So Oakland Roots was launched um, in like a NISA, like fifth division men's side, um, ended up as people familiar with the club know in the USL championship as of last year, this is now our second season. Um, but even since 2018, they have been having these conversations, kind of what sounds like you were a part of, um, talking to women and soccer players and community leaders about what women's soccer in Oakland specifically would look like and feel like and sound like and the goals for it. Um, so I'm incredibly fortunate that when I started a year ago, there was this wealth of information that had already been collected. Um, so the first thing I did was kind of download that information and read through all of these like focus groups and conversations that had been going on. Um, and that's kind of when we just started pushing a little bit harder forward. Um, I was hired so that it would be, you know, top of mind for, for one person versus trying to balance running a club while still driving forward this really important, impactful um, project, which is the women's team, which is Oakland Soul. Um, and we launched last Tuesday um, to start playing in May of 2023. Wow. And it's really exciting. We've got a whole summer full of fun events. It's, it's going to be pretty awesome. Yeah, when you guys announced last week, I was so excited to see. And I have to say, I love the name. Um, I mean, personally, I love everything about the Oakland Roots and the organization because unlike a lot of, you know, to be honest, a lot of professional league or teams, um, you guys are all about purpose and everything you do um, from the smallest little details to the largest have such a purpose. I, I remember when I met with Steven, I was floored to do my own research and find that there's actually a 
a chief purpose officer is not Mike Geddes or whatever like yeah. I love I don't you don't see that on the soccer side and I think when Angel City come out it was the first time on the women's side that we saw a lot of purpose behind what they're doing and, and the passion and the funding for the first time and all of that so once that kind of came out I feel like it set a precedent for like going forward the new female organizations that come into play really kind of have to have that um, in today's day and age so um Oakland Soul, the name. Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, how that came to be, why it's called that, all that? Yeah, of course. And gosh, I hope that is now the precedent that having the purpose-driven aspects. Me too. <laughs> um, we actually work with Angel City with with Common Goal, with the Play Proud Initiative. Um, but yeah, so Oakland Soul, the name itself was also a community-driven project. The same groups um, that I mentioned just before uh, were asked. Like the biggest, I think, kind of philosophical question was whether the team would be Oakland Roots men and Oakland Roots women, or if the women would have their own identity. And what we found was that people wanted the women to have their own identity, especially when they were coming a little bit later than the men. You never wanted them to be considered second rate, right? When you hear Oakland Roots, you think of the men's team first, and we wanted it to stay that way. So Oakland Soul, the decision to even do a different name kind of came out of that process. And then there was a survey, honestly, like we just asked, what would you want this name to be? And there were 50 plus names put out there. The names were voted on. Um, and what came out of that process was Oakland Soul. Um, it was the top voted name. People loved the way it sounded, the way it felt, the way it was connected to Oakland roots. You know, these are two intangible things that you can't see, um, but are incredibly important in, in building character and in a person and where they came from and who they are. Um, so we're, we really love kind of how that evolved. Um, and as we're kind of building our own unique crest, which will be launched kind of here at the end of June, June 23rd, we have a big launch party. Uh, 50th anniversary of Title IX. We've been working on our crest since October um, and we've been given feedback from the community along the way, did more focus groups with it. So it's been a really like intricate process. But what I think we've arrived at is an identity for the women's team that is incredibly strong and really combats um, or really is level with the Oakland roots, which everyone is always impressed with that branding. So to, to kind of match that has been um, a real accomplishment, I believe. Totally. I think that's, um, you know, isn't it Oaklandish where you guys had almost like um, the gear before the team started, right? There was a whole brand behind the team before the actual team was on the field. And I think, um, one, I wondered if that was going to be the direction with the women, but like what you said, I find so fascinating because I, I find people have very polarizing views on whether or not to have the girls have a separate name or to have um you know the team just be one and have both but i think your point to to say that they started afterwards so to really differentiate makes it important so that they're not second rate i love that and i think all of what you just said really talks about um the the detail and the purpose behind everything how deep you guys go is unique to your organization i feel like and hopefully sets a precedent going forward for any female team because it should be that way. And I love that you guys are so community driven and that you care about what the community thinks and feels about your team. And so I'm just, I just love it. So cool. Yeah. I mean, the, the purpose of Oakland Roots and Oakland Soul, it's the same purpose is to harness the magic of Oakland and the power of sport as a force for social good. 
And one of the ways that the roots have been so effective in that area is really just showing up. It's being in the community, it's doing these things, it's it's working with all of the incredible organizations that already exist in Oakland trying to do trying to do good things, trying to kind of bring bring some life into these different avenues, increase participation, increase access, um, lower barriers to entry for kids to get into sport, no matter what sport it is. Um, so same thing on the Oakland Soul side. We the reason we wanted to start this team now um, versus because it's going to be a pre-professional team, we wanted to start it sooner and just get into the community and start building our pipeline and our platform. Um, and that's kind of a question we often get is like, well, why not professional? Oakland Roots are professional. Um, but like, why not semi or why not pre-professional? We don't consider right any level to be less valuable to growing the game than, than another. Um, and so this team starting now will allow us to grow and scale sustainably. It'll allow us to build our pipeline, allow us to get in the community and be visible to young girls as like kind of that step in the pipeline of continuing to play soccer um, as soon as possible. And then as facilities improve, as um, we grow as a club, the, idea, the sky's the limit where we want to get as big as the community will allow us to be and, and kind of continue to, to really build out that robust platform. I just love that. And I think like um, what you said, a lot of, sadly, I would say more maybe on the men's side because they've been around longer on the MLS side. It seems like a lot of clubs miss the mark when it comes to like community involvement. I think they go on the high end of, you know, caring so much about making money through ticket sales or or whatever it is, but they kind of miss the mark on getting players in the community, doing, you know, clinics and camps and um, events at schools and things like that. And I think the Roots have always been really great about that. So I'm excited that there's gonna be a more of a female presence in the area. Um, having gone to school at UC Berkeley, there are just so many children in the area that need to see what they can be, especially females. And um, it's just, it's gonna open up so many doors for so many girls. So I'm so excited for that. Yeah, uh, you mentioned pre-professionals, so that's one of our questions here too. Is um, and that was one of my questions when I met with Stephen and was um, interested in just hearing more about it. Was I was I loved his whole point of it doesn't need to be NWSL right off the bat. Like we don't care, and and I also love that stance of like why do we need to like go there? Like why not work our way up to there or? Um, focus on where we can make the biggest impacts right away. And I just think that's awesome. But um, can you explain to the listeners, because I think we get this question at female footballers a lot um, from parents who are trying to understand the landscape after their daughter finishes comp soccer. You know, the, the obvious next step for girls has always been college soccer, whatever level that may look like. But at that point, a lot of girls stop playing. And I think a large portion of them don't really know what's out there because for the first time people aren't always coming to them saying hey play here play here a lot of the time it's you have to seek out your next step and decide what you want and then see what's out there and I think a lot of girls don't do that I know I was one of them and luckily at the time there was the WPSL and some girls I knew were playing on those teams but other than that I wouldn't have known what existed so can you tell the listeners um, kind of the pathway of, of what the USLW League is, what the WPSL is, um, kind of the steps and, and direction um, after college soccer. Yeah, of course. So we're lucky because the USL has actually started two new leagues. Um, and so 
kind of to your point, these weren't around when you were looking for that next step. Um, and kind of within that women's soccer landscape, there is a really big gap between top club, college, and the NWSL, because the NWSL is incredible. Like it's, it's a great league where I'm so proud that it's strong and that these teams are kind of starting and it's, um, but it, it's still just not that many spots. Like just at the end of the day, there aren't that many openings for people to play at that level. So what's missing there is that huge gap between college and the, you know, top, top percent that make the NWSL. And so what the USL, the United Soccer Leagues has done um, is they've entered kind of two new women's soccer leagues into that ecosystem. Um, there's USLW League, which is what Oakland Soul will compete in starting next year. Um, and that is the pre-professional development league. So that is at your WPSL level. Um, it's meant to be a team that is comprised of top youth players, of college players during their summer break, and kind of some older, maybe more mature players, former pros, those coming back from abroad, things along those lines. Um, and the second league they began was the USL Super League, and that starts in 2023. And that is actually going to be sanctioned as a Division II professional league. So that will be, you know, the only other professional women's soccer league in the country. Um, so that's really exciting because it's growing the game and it's, it's not like a land grab, right? These are all steps that needed to be taken in order to grow the game. We want people to develop so that the player pool is never, you know, depleted so that there's continually incredible talent coming out of the United States. Um, and that players don't have to go abroad if they can't make the NWSL. We want them to be able to stay here and grow. Um, so those are like the two new leagues. We're gonna be in W League, which is like, like I said, the same level as WPSL. The difference, um, is just that infrastructure side of things. The USL headquarters has a really robust staff. Um, they're used to kind of running leagues and doing this. They've got youth and on the men's side, they have, you know, every level. They've got USL championship, league one, league two. Um, and you can kind of see how they're starting to fill in women's leagues on that kind of the other side of that as well. Um, so we've been really impressed with kind of the infrastructure and the backing and the support that the USL is able to provide with this league. Um, they know how to do it. So it's financially sustainable and um, competitive fun soccer. So that's kind of why we chose the USL W League direction, also kind of keeping our, our club in the same family. Um, and then, you know, theoretically, once we can meet those standards, being able to self-promote up into Super League is definitely not off the table. Like being able to continue to have the pre-professional league and a division two professional team would be incredible. Then you have young girls in Oakland who can see, all right, I play club for here. I might go to play this team in the Bay and then I can play, you know, on Oakland Soul or Project 510 and then Oakland Soul. So it's just kind of um, really building out that vision because it's been missing for so long. Um, and there's so many incredible like college programs in this area like it's we're so lucky so I think that the sky's the limit for potential and we could have a really really incredible kind of competitive field here in Northern California. Absolutely I, I love it because um, I'm a little bit older and so when I finished playing in 2004 there weren't that many opportunities the WPSL was around but um, the WSA had just folded. So all those WSA players filled a lot of those WPSL spots, which was great. It was a competitive league at that time, 
but like you said, the infrastructure wasn't there. I'm not familiar with the infrastructure now as as much, but um, it was, you know, it was just kind of providing a place for people to play until another league came around. And I know it's around still, the WPSL, um, but I think the more opportunity, the better. And I, like you said, um, I think a lot of us players didn't know we could have gone abroad back then. And nowadays, even girls nowadays don't know they could go abroad. But I think what's what's important is there's a lot of girls that don't want to go abroad. They've been away from home for four years at college. They want to be able to still play and maybe work at the same time and see, you know, am I ready to hang up the boots? Do I want to keep doing this? Do I, how do I feel about the real world and getting a regular job? And when I do that and I don't like it, I want to make a go of soccer. And it's like that in between, like trying to figure it out. And I think it will retain so many more players to continue on and persevere through and continue to play and can get to the highest levels because you're offering this. So I, I just love that. Yeah, and one of the things that we really want to do is raise the bar for the professionalism. They'll like our W League team will train at the same facility as the Oakland Roots, which is this really world class training facility in Alameda, natural grass, you know, weight room, all that stuff. So really kind of treating them like, you know, no differently than you would a professional team. Um, we think will really foster a lot of great development and having talent in the coaching staff and kind of just giving them that, that secondary during the summer environment where they're treated well, physically and emotionally and mentally, and being able to balance these things, you know, college players have just come off their spring season. They're about to go into a incredibly fast paced fall. How do you balance that, you know, preventing burnout, both mentally and physically, I think is going to be huge and something we really want to be a leader in and kind of set a precedent, set like a replicable model of what that can look like for, for teams and for clubs. Absolutely. I mean, that, that I do very much remember that coming from a collegiate program where you were treated fairly well and then summer hits or whatnot. And you're just like, nobody cares. And this, <laughs> yeah. and you know, like just to have the opportunity and because we deserve it as women, if men have all these other opportunities and talk about equity and, um, but you mentioned something in, in what you just said that I want to touch on. So before I go into the equity side, um, <laughs> You mentioned uh, emotional and mental well-being. So at Female Footballers, that's what we do. Uh, we provide mental skills training to female athletes in a mentorship environment. Um, in other words, we're not sports psychologists, but we are. I have a social emotional background. I'm a social emotional coach and an educator. Um, and uh, our whole staff is female pro or collegiate players with similar backgrounds. And um, so the mental side of the game is really important to us. And I noticed on your website, you guys even made a point to say the physical and mental uh, well-being of your of your players. So can you tell us a little bit about what that means for you and and how maybe I mean I feel like that's different than anything I've seen in a women's program on. Yeah. So on the on the men's side, we have kind of some pillars and some principles. Oakland first always is one of them. You know, not saying if you're not from Oakland that we're not for you, but kind of being from Oakland is a set of ideals and um, kind of traits that we really value um, and then there's know your roots kind of about where you came from where you're going and then with the introduction of the women's team we want to introduce soul of the town um, which is the hashtag it's going to be a new principle for the women's side and what we really want to focus on there is the physical and mental well-being of players like we talked about the mental health in particular for female athletes at this level has just been so tumultuous. Um, we've seen it. I mean, it's been close to home. It's been really 
a crisis in the United States, especially at the collegiate level for women. So finding a way to be open and communicative and provide support. Um, we have mental health professionals that work with our men's team. Uh, Lisa Bontasumi, she's incredible. Awesome. Having her, isn't she? So having mm -hmm. her available for the women. Um, and then kind of like I talked about balancing the burnout in the physical aspects will help with the mental. And then kind of the last piece of that is building a club and a structure that is really thoughtful and intentional about how we balance power and about how we, you know, set our reporting structures so that it can become kind of a model for clubs as, as we see this kind of shift in women's soccer in the United States, you know, something that was built by men for men and women have had to fit into that space. And so starting to really change mindsets on, you know, should this one person really be the director of the club, the local high school, the recruiting contact, like, and who you report abuse to, probably not. Um, so trying to kind of balance out these things and, and like I said, do our due diligence in, in making sure it works and then being able to share that with clubs and with teams as they maybe are starting in these leagues um, as something that can be replicable. So those are kind of things, you know, no small feat, but things we really want to kind of push ourselves to take on. I love that, especially, I mean, the point of that same person shouldn't be all those things. And I think what, I think that's what strikes me the most about the whole organization in Oakland is just, you guys truly care. You, you put your money where your mouth is. You are not all talk. You actually do what's right for the player and the person, um, rather than for making a ton of money. You know, I know you guys are doing financially well and all that, but like, it's so much more than a ticket sale and a moneymaker and a business. It really, truly feels like a family. And, and I think, you know, to your point of kind of the, the pillars of what the Roots program stands for, um, having gone to school in Berkeley, which is right next door and living a lot of that time in Oakland, if you've never been to Oakland for people listening or Berkeley, like it's a different vibe in the best way possible. Like I, I live in San Jose and a lot of my close friends live in like Piedmont and Richmond and Berkeley after college. And I go up there to visit and just going to a restaurant, you feel a vibe up there. It's just a different, um, there is purpose in everything about that city. People care about each other and the good of the world so much more than outside of Oakland. And I just think um, if more organizations and leagues and clubs and teams could, could, like you said, replicate what you guys are building, we will have such a better infrastructure on the women's side and the ability to sustain over a long period of time. And I just think that um, this is why I get so jazzed about your, your, your club because it's just so cool so and I love the funk music by the way too <laughs> thanks a lot so that's a big part of the the vibe we're trying to bring with Oakland soul you know yeah totally um so I think I hit all my questions but when I think about going forward so you mentioned that the team starts up in 2023 have you guys started like how are you going to unveil or get players and like what does that look like going forward a little more future plans yeah so um, it's, we're still kind of working through those questions as well. Um, we have a few fun events this summer. We have, um, our crest launch on the 23rd of June, like I mentioned, and then there's actually Oakland soul night at an Oakland roots match on the 25th, um, where we're celebrating women in sports, um, and to the extension, you know, women run businesses and things along those lines. So 
it should be kind of a fun ramp up this summer. We have some community events that are coming kind of later in the summer. And then one of the things we have to do on the technical side is start identifying not only players, but staff that um, players will want to play for and that are capable and fit into our purpose. Because truly, like you said, the purpose is in every single aspect. It's in our sponsors, it's in our investors, it's in our coaches, it's in the, the style of play we have. Um, and so finding someone that fits into that um, is going to be incredibly important. And then I think as we kind of shift into the new year, into early 2023, that's when a bulk of the recruiting, open tryouts, all that fun stuff will start to happen. Um, one of the things that's really unique on with Oakland Roots is that we don't have an academy team, right? We have the Oakland Roots, we have our development team, Project 510, and then we have something called Roots Recognized Initiative. Um, and the theory there is instead of having a club, an academy that kind of cannibalizes and is competitive, therefore, with all the other incredible clubs in the in the East Bay, in the Bay Area at large, um, is Roots Recognized allows our coaching staff on the men's side to work with club coaches on identifying top players at their clubs. Um, and then, you know, it's it's a mutually beneficial relationship in that these players are getting an extra professional environment and training setting once or twice a week with Project 510. If they continue to progress, you know, Project 510 is, is a similar run season to the Oakland Soul. And then, you know, theoretically, that is a pipeline to the Oakland Roots um, or to college or to the next step. You know, it, it's and it allows us to, to look at all the clubs and maintain those relationships, but also to look at the systems that aren't pay to play. It allows us to kind of circumnavigate that pipeline and look at the clubs where, you know, the kids are on scholarship or um, they're immigrants, you know, soccer without borders and things along those lines, Oakland Genesis, some of our purpose partners. And so that's something we definitely want to bring to the women's side as well. Um, you know, I don't think you're going to, you're, you're never going to see the Oakland Soul Club, right? Like youth academy. It's going to be, you know, something where we're able to kind of maintain those relationships with everybody. And that's how I am thinking we're going to find a lot of our talent is kind of in those scouting and club networks, but then also in the connections we have with the local universities. Um, and the WPSL teams that are here are incredible and they've done so much for, for giving these players a place to play in the offseason. But there's also so much talent there. And, and like you said, I think more teams, the better. Um, and I've heard of players kind of flying across the country just for the summer to play in a league where they're going to get more significant minutes. So kind of increasing the opportunity here, um, I think we'll be able to retain players in the area over the summer and give that professional environment. That is so awesome. I just love the whole, um, again, purpose driven on uh, trying to find players outside of the pay to play model is huge. And I really hope that the pendulum is swinging back in that direction in the soccer world to value, um, again, the whole player and the whole person because not everybody can afford to play comp soccer yeah. in, in the Bay Area, let alone, you know, with the cost of living here. And so there's just so much untapped talent out there. And um, that's that's really great to hear. That's awesome. Very cool. So, well, this is super cool. And I love that you guys have these events, the 23rd on Title IX's birthday, 50th birthday, and uh, the 25th, that's very cool. Um, well, I look forward to coming to a game and supporting you guys and um, love everything that you're doing. Um, is there any like websites? Who should we follow? Tell our listeners like where can they find yeah. you? Yeah, so um, OaklandSoulSC.com um, or OaklandSoul.com. They'll all take you to the same place. And that's our website. 
You can place deposits for the 2023 season, which are $25. You can take a fan survey to win field seats to the game on the 25th and a tour of our training facility. Um, you can RSVP to the event on the 23rd. It's free. It's a community event. We'll have some incredible guests. Um, Mystic, who was featured in our launch video, will be performing. Mixed Ingredients, which is an all-female dance crew, will be performing. And we're going to have some toasts by some community leaders. Um, very excited about it. So those are some things that I'd check out. Obviously, social media, we're all over Oakland Soul SC on, on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Um, we're there. So uh, Roots and Soul are, are very connected, same family. Um, and we're really looking forward to, to, like I, to, like we said, kind of increasing the platform and working with female footballers. I mean, you guys are doing some awesome stuff. And I think it aligns really well with, with us as well. Absolutely. We're going to need to talk offline about all that. <laughs> but thank you so much for coming in. And listeners, even if you're not in the Bay Area, I hope you enjoyed this episode because what they're doing, like she said, replicates there could, this type of program and organization needs to be replicated all over the country. So if you're involved in the soccer world at any level in your own community, you know, do your research, take some notes and go talk to the right people because this type of club needs to grow everywhere and change the landscape. So thank you so much, Jenna, for your time and all the information about the soul. And thank you listeners for being here. We really appreciate it. And we will talk to you guys next week. Thank you. Thank you, Cassie. Thank you.